we are live and we're trying this for the first time so we'll see how it goes <laughs> so how does so for the old people here aka me so we go live and people can listen in and we yep. can see if they join yep so basically right now we're talking to ourselves yep <laughs> that's what happens um and i believe I don't know how this works. If someone wants to speak, I don't know if they can request to speak or if, I don't know. They can, know or you can hit the button and I'll, and give them a microphone. Ooh, so we, Jennifer, we can finally do the Ask Us Anything episode. Oh, I would love that. I think those are a riot. Unless, and, and, and I'm always afraid no one has anything to ask me. They're like, no one gives a shit, Jennifer. Oh, I wasn't supposed to cuss. Dang it. Welcome to Girls Talk Ag. No kidding. <clears throat> yeah, we may be talking to ourselves for the first time, but anyone can join at any time. Um, okay. And then what we'll do is we'll go. I'll go ahead and download the audio, and then we'll upload it to the Global Ag Network, and we'll share it as a podcast episode. Oh, <laughs> so. oh this is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it's like a real live radio show. I know. Welcome to Girls Talk Egg with a whining puppy in the background. Yes. So let's start off with that, Karen. Tell us about your new addition. Well, little Rizzo has joined us yesterday. She is a six-pound mini golden doodle. Which, is that the same thing as the other one? Yes. Mm -hmm. I can't remember her name. Addison. Addison, yes. So I went to West Point, Iowa and picked her up yesterday. Or no, on... Wednesday, and then the kids came home after school yesterday and met her for the first time. Mara cried when she Aww. saw her, and Bristol got really mad and stormed off because <gasps> she did not ask want another puppy. She did not ask for one. She was not insulted. <laughs> but oh, no, <laughs> within an hour, she was down, snuggling her and holding her like a baby. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes. I, on the other like, hand, Bristol, how can you look at this face and not just love it? <laughs> right. I, on the other hand, had to take my dog to the vet because, well, my blue healer got into rat bait. So that's always fun. Oof. Did you catch her in or what? No, I did not. I didn't. I, I was gone day before yesterday. Actually, the same day you got your puppy. Day before yesterday, I was gone. I got home about one o'clock and I saw this, uh, like, puddle of blood bright red blood and i was like okay i have a problem so i checked and of course i got three dogs here and so i check in everybody's butts hoping it's but anyway then she pukes again so she's puking up bright red blood <sighs> so we, had just, we called the vet and got her in there and chris had just put out rat bait and she's not supposed to go back to the bins and she's been really good about it um because they have shock collars on but then she was not wearing her shock collar and apparently had gotten back there. But I did not know that vitamin K is the antidote for a lot of rat bait. Hmm. Apparently rat bait is obviously an anticoagulant and vitamin K then reboosts that coagulant factor in your blood. I'm not a vet, but I'm just telling you that's what they told me. Did you get a hefty bill for that? You know, yeah. And well, hmm. I'll be honest with you. We live in a, we live in a community, our town, uh, we don't have like rural vets. We have bougie pet vets. Um, and I'm not putting anybody down, just saying, you know, it's, it's not, 
you know, it's not your normal just doc that you call that works on cows. You have to go to like small animal vets, very bougie. But um, it wasn't bad. I guess I'll tell you it wasn't $500 for an emergency pet visit. Um, that included blood work to see what she had eaten, what kind of uh, rat bait, whatever active ingredient was, and four different kinds of medicine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not my ideal thing, but she is going to be fine. Yep, so. that's what I was going to say. She's still here. Yeah, she is here, and she's a good dog, and you... you if you're going to be responsible for your dogs, you've got to be fully responsible for them. Right. Right. Well, let's go around and let's talk about what you guys are seeing. It's planting season's officially away. I believe it's behind. We're lagging in many places with progress on corn and soybeans for the most part. But Karen, let's start with you. What are you seeing out and about? Well, it seems like every day we get a little bit of rain at least. Um, it's clouded over today. On Wednesday, when I was out driving, that was the most I've seen in the field this spring. It'll just kind of depend on how much rain, who got where, and I mean, people are going to go as long as they don't get stuck. So there's spraying going on, there's planting, there's, I saw some fertilizer going out yesterday. I hear a lot of people are getting corn done. They're doing corn first. Is that what you're seeing? Uh, no. Most of the ones I know are going with beans. Hmm. Beans are a little bit more uh, resilient in the colder, unfit weather, whereas corn is a little bit wimpier. Beans like to be pissed off. Yeah, for the most part. Jennifer, what about you? We have not. We personally have not started. Um, it is just, it's just wet. There um, some people around here with sandy ground uh, started some, there was a few tractors running yesterday on sandy ground. We have not started. Chris was able to spray burn down. Um, what is today? Friday sprayed a little bit Wednesday evening and he sprayed all day yesterday and he will spray a couple of fields today, but um, it's, he's not overly happy with the conditions, but it, but it, it, it's good enough that he's going to have to go. We have not planted a thing. We haven't even, it's been too wet to calibrate the planters around here. I think Chris needs to take a little bit of a chill pill. You know, I agree with him. And you know, I'm, I am going camping. I'm leaving here in just a little while. I'm going camping. And he goes, you can't go camping. And I said, can we be in the field? And he said, no. And I go, (laughs) then I'm going camping. I'm not going to sit around here and worry when I could sit around a campfire and worry. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to sit around here and do nothing. You know, it's April 29th, which I know for some years is really late. But Mother Nature is telling us that we need to chill out for a little bit, at least with the corn. The soybeans, if you have good soil conditions, I'd go ahead and get in, get them in. Um, but their emergent state is going to be what's important on the soybeans. I told somebody that the other day, I was like, um, I was like, I, if, if I could, you know, they're like, isn't the ground cold? And I'm like, yeah, the ground's a little cold, but it's field conditions I'm waiting on. I mean, like I'm put soybeans in the field conditions were right, but we're so muddy around here. It, you can't, I mean, it would, it would be a disaster. Yeah, well, you have three different factors you look at when you go to plant. First is a calendar date. You need it to be reasonable or you need it to be close, at least, to your insurance dates. You need good moisture, but not too much moisture. And then you need warm soil. Now, we're already past where I would care about the calendar date in this area. Um, I'd probably still be watching it farther north. 
but um, if it was dry enough to go, I would go with something around here right now. Yeah. If, if we had field conditions, we w- oh, we would definitely be going. Um, like I said, you know, the, the, it's the field conditions that are holding us back right now. Jen, do you remember when you started last year? Were you already started at this time? Oh, yeah. We started like uh, April 16th last year. Mm. We, had, we had beans last year that got snowed on. Was it last year that they Yeah, got- I remember that. I remember about that. Like I said, beans like to be pissed off. Um, I um, I, I just keep telling myself, this is what, what Chris and I farm. Um, we need 10 good days. And, and they're really good long days. But we need 10 good days with the uh, corn running and 10 good days with the bean planter running. And we, we've got two planters. So if we could get 10 good days and we could go, which doesn't sound like very long, but man, when you're, you know, it's a little stressful. Well, I think we have to remember that we've had some pretty good corn that has been planted later in the last few years. And I know people are worried about the soybeans not getting in early enough and, you know, the yields coming down a little bit, but soybeans can react all season long. So, you know, getting them planted early is not going to help if you don't get the right rains in July and August. So, and that's the key. Yeah, we can get them in the ground, but, you know, if you end up during corn pollination during you know 100 degree days that sucks too so yeah so it's important to get it in correctly so that you have the best potential for whatever happens next (laughs) and i and i think that i i agree and i think that starts with putting it in good conditions putting it in the ground in good conditions like we could slap it in the ground but it would be a hot mess and and cause more problems long term so Well, let's switch over to livestock. Let's talk about beef. So I saw an article earlier this week. I believe I saw it through AgriPulse. Um, They shared an article from CoBank. And the headline was, Consumers to take on higher prices in the meat case this summer. And they had a quote from it that I thought was interesting. And I wanted to bring it to you guys today to discuss it a little further. (laughs) So in this quote, in this article, excuse me, in this article, it says, quote, A new report from CoBank says consumers may reduce their beef consumption as retail beef prices rise. Um, Just looking at that, they're already paying higher prices. Are they going to get too high? Now is the question, and they aren't going to buy it anymore. I don't know. Let's discuss it. Well, is that the one that I I had an opinion on? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You want to read the next, is it the next line or whatever's in there? The. Where's that at? It was down in there somewhere. Talk about. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and this is a key point. So this is on CoBank. If anyone's looking, CoBank.com. Higher prices in the meat case this summer is the article. And it is by Brian Ernest. It says higher retail meat prices will continue through the rest of 2022. However, as U.S. consumers notice their dollar is not going as far as it used to, they're likely to trade down at the meat case with chicken being the primary beneficiary. Okay, so I think that's a slam on chicken, number one, saying trade down. And I love beef, so don't get me wrong. But why are we trading down to chicken? Chicken is a good protein. I, I don't know why we started that that way. Um, number two... Chickens having their own problems right now between the bird flu or whatever it is they have and their processing plants that are being burned down. And when I say burn, they're burning down. I think, 
where did I hear the other day how many chicken processing plants have burnt down in the past six months? This, I, I don't have that figure. And and honestly, I didn't see it somewhere. Now that I think about it, uh, my oldest told me about it. Um, and now I've lost track of where I'm going because this is how I operate. And normally then, Kelsey gets my ramblings out. So not everybody has to hear. <laughs> uh, Talk about the chicken. The chicken. Chicken is going to be hard to find right now. I just, we have beef in our freezer and pork in our freezer. Chicken, we do not. And I buy chicken. Chicken is hard to find right now. Most of the time they tell you they're out. Um, matter of fact, I was getting on the Kroger website right now and the Walmart web- website. Um, the last few times I've ordered, they've been out of chicken, not available. Well, there was a problem with chickens during the pandemic. You know, you couldn't get your hot wings in a lot of places. And I know restaurants were having problems sourcing it also. So I don't know. I guess, I mean, we may turn down a little bit on beef, but I don't know that personally I'm not, we would change very much. Oh, that's, I agree with you, Karen. I think those who, who can't afford it and want it are still going to buy it. That's just my opinion. I'm not a, uh, well, and if you look at some of the other types of proteins, they're not necessarily, um, less expensive of cases either so seafood i know that's something different but seafood oh my gosh you pay a heck of a pretty penny for seafood nowadays except a lot of it's imported no some of it when i was down in georgia was right from i don't know where the area is well you gotta guess the specifics you know, beef is higher because corn is higher, I'm sure. Well, so here's another key point that it says. So the factors that contribute to the elevated meat prices include high production costs. Um, one is declining livestock numbers and then unpredictable consumer behavior. So we don't know what people are <laughs> going to do. <laughs> unpredictable. Everyone's unpredictable. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I think I think it will be interesting. I think that people thinking that the U.S. is going to be in a food shortage. Um, I did a news interview yesterday, and she says, "What do you think about the U.S. suffering through a food shortage?" And I'm like, "We're not suffering through a food shortage. We are so blessed and so lucky, and have." I don't think we would know what a food shortage is. Is it going to be an inconvenience? Yes. Are they not going to have the chicken or the Oreos you want all the time? Probably, maybe you're probably going to be able to find them somewhere. I don't think, I don't think middle, I guess I have to specify this. Me as a middle-class white woman, I am not going to starve. Do you think, here's a question I have. So back in the pandemic, we saw a boom between farmers and consumers. Consumers went straight to the meat producers and bought half a cow, fourth of a cow, whatever it might be from that farmer with the shortages in the grocery stores. Do you think that, do you think going back to the farmer and purchasing it straight off them will increase or going to the processor? I don't know. What, how do you think that plays in dates for processing? I don't think anybody, I w- I'd like to know how, what, what a, what a solid number is of the people who ordered those half and whole cows during the pandemic actually followed through with it. Because I know, I, I just, from what I've heard, a lot of people didn't. It was, it, you know, everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to buy a half cow. I'll get it next week or I'll get it tomorrow. That's not how it works. And processors, local processors were booked out two years in advance. How many people followed through with 
getting, you know, ordering that half cow and then getting it processed. And I think when a lot of those people find out how much, like, it doesn't sound bad when you say you're going to buy a half cow, but when you're suddenly also paying the processing costs, I think people are like, wait, what? You know, they weren't expecting I guess I'm not domesticated enough to be able to use an entire half of an animal. <laughs> so, um, you know, I like to buy just the products that I want, which is mostly going to be ground hamburger, ground pork, you know, things. A ribeye? Please a ribeye. No, I, agree. I don't eat ribeyes. What? I uh, think, I th- I agree. I think that when you get a half cow or a whole cow process and you go to pick it up and you've got all these cuts, you have no idea what to do with. Um, you know, then you've got a freezer full of hearts and lungs and tongue. So, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I, I mean, my parents could totally do it, but I, I'm just not up to that level. I mean, Jen could probably do it, but I just, my skills are not that complex. Well, and I've, I've learned over the years what cuts we eat, um, what, what cuts we, we don't and learn to have those like, like beef ribs we just don't in short ribs and beef ribs to be honest i just rather have you might lose some meat but i'd rather have that ground up i don't i don't need those in my freezer it's just not what we're gonna eat um the other thing i think is is you know that it's it's expensive but um those mail order people who are mail basically shipping meat across the country i think i think those are niche markets or niche however you say it Okay, I have done. I have done some of those. I've gotten, uh, but I've always known the farmer I've I've gotten it from. So, I, more pork has sent me different packages um, up from Minnesota down to Central Illinois. Um, Summit um, Summit beef out of uh, kind of the Little York area. I've gotten some from them. Um, that one I didn't ship though. I actually met her since we were. I was close by. But um, I kind of prefer. I guess personally, I don't necessarily buy local, but I do buy from people I know. So, and I think, I mean, I follow several accounts on Instagram who ship, who ship beef and pork, um, all across the country. Uh, I, number one, I am just not that organized. We, we eat a, a meat at every meal and I am not a meal planner. So even though I have a freezer full of beef, sometimes I'll buy something that's already thawed out at the grocery store because it's one less step I've got to do, um, well, I think another thing to bring up when we were talking about whole and half animals, there was also a freezer shortage. So if you didn't already have the space, then you couldn't necessarily go out and buy a freezer to put your your meat in. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of steps there that that it sounds like a great idea, but then you're like, there's a lot of steps. Like, do you have the freezer space? And if you don't, can you get the freezer space? And, um, you know, I still think, um, I, I still think, it's definitely there. I just think it's not for everyone. How about that? So answer this question for me. So do you think the um, higher costs of meat, do you believe people will stop eating it because they don't want to pay for that price? Just answer that simply. Nope. I think it depends on the household, you know. True. And what, and their, think- what their income is, where, where they land on that scale. Yeah, I, I that I agree, but but I'm probably yeah. Our our household's going to put more money if they only have a budget, a limited amount. Are they going to put that more money into meat and less into sides or starches 
or snacks or are they going to well, cut most, that? most of it has gone up i mean if you eat, just look at deli meat i mean it's at least three dollars a pound more than it was you know a year and a half ago so i mean i think in general particularly with the way the economy is the inflation i think bills in general are going to go up so if food bills aren't going to going to suffer then what else is you know will it be going to the movie theaters will it be going out to dinner will it be you know, Netflix subscriptions. I mean, people are going to cut somewhere. It just may not be, they may keep the food the way it is and cut somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, yeah. I I wonder how, how often the food budget is, does get cut when, when there's an increase in, I don't know. It may not be planned too. I mean, if you go to the grocery store and you plan to do something, but you see something else is on sale, I mean, you can pivot at that point and change different things. But but I'm more of a shop online, pick up in the parking lot, which is what I'm going to do when we're done with this. (laughs) I already did that this morning. (laughs) Am I I a bad millennial for saying that I refuse to do pick up? I'd rather go in the grocery store myself. And pick You're it all. Kidding. No, I ra- I would rather go into the grocery store, pick out my own produce. I don't pick out my meat because we get it from a, a local farmer that we know really well. But I'd prefer to pick out everything. You don't have little kids in the cart with you. <laughs> I think I still would, though. I'm pretty I, sure I would. I'm that picky. I hated grocery shopping before this. And so when it came online, I was like, oh, yes, this is like totally geared for me. Oh man, yeah. When when the, when it came online, I was one of the first to jump on the bandwagon. And I have to say, I've had I've had good luck even with produce. I hate the grocery store. I actually forgot to add a couple things to my cart last night when I placed my order, so I parked and went in to grab a few things. And I honestly spend more money that way because you know you see everything. And so you're like grabbing things. I, I found I do spend a little less when I order online and um, tend to eat, you know, what we have because I'm not getting sidetracked. Well, well I guess that um, is go ahead. I normally buy. So, like, I don't even have to go look for it. I just put, you know, re-add to cart, re-add to cart. So, yeah. it depends on the household, you know. True. And what, and their, think- what their income is, where, where they land on that scale. Yeah. I, I, that, I agree, but, but I'm probably... Yeah, our, our household's going to put more money. If they only have a budget, a limited amount, are they going to put that more money into meat and less into sides or starches or snacks? Or are they going to well, cut most, most of it has gone up. I mean, if you eat, just look at deli meat, I mean, it's at least $3 a pound more than it was, you know, a year and a half ago. So, I mean, I think in general, particularly with the way the economy is, the inflation, I think bills in general are going to go up. So if food bills aren't going to going to suffer, then what else is, you know, will it be going to the movie theaters? Will it be going out to dinner? Will it be, you know, Netflix subscriptions? I mean, people are going to cut somewhere. It just may not be, they may keep the food the way it is and cut somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, yeah. I, I wonder how, how often the food budget is, does get cut when, when there's an increase in, I don't know. It may not be planned, too. I mean, if you go to the grocery store and you plan to do something, but you see something else is on sale, I mean, you can pivot at that point and change different things. But but I'm more of a shop online, pick up in the parking lot, which is what I'm going to do when we're done with this. (laughs) I I already did that this morning. (laughs) Am I... 
Am and I a bad millennial for saying that I refuse to do pickup? I'd rather go in the grocery store myself and pick You're it all. Kidding. No, I ra- I would rather go into the grocery store, pick out my own produce. I don't pick out my meat because we get it from a, a local farmer that we know really well, but I'd prefer to pick out everything. You don't have little kids in the cart with you. <laughs> I think I still would, though. I'm pretty I, sure I would. I'm that picky. I hated grocery shopping before this, and so when it came online, I was like, Oh, yes. This is, like, totally geared for me. Oh, man. Yeah, when when, the, when it came online, I was one of the first to jump on the bandwagon. And I have to say, I've had, I've had good luck, even with produce. I hate the grocery store. I actually forgot to add a couple things to my cart last night when I placed my order. So I parked and went in to grab a few things. And I honestly spend more money that way because, you know, you see everything. And so you're like grabbing things. I, I found I do spend a little less when I order online and um, tend to eat, you know, what we have because I'm not getting sidetracked. Well, well I guess that, um, is go ahead. I normally buy. So like, I don't even have to go look for it. I just put, you know, re-add to cart, re-add to cart. So for yeah. me, it's just a time saver. Yeah. I guess I'm just um, a little sour that when I did my one and only online pickup, this was in the pandemic, like May, so pretty much everywhere shut down. I really didn't have too much of a choice. I clicked the box that said substitute, and it was when I was going through a Bud Light Lime phase. <laughs> that was very short. It was a very short phase, but they gave me Bud Light Limeritas instead, Ugh. which I immediately spit out. I thought, this is not a substitute. So that I lost face <laughs> when that happened to me. I always just do no substitute most of the time for most stuff because when somebody it depends on it kind of depends on who's doing your shopping too because I had I don't know who was doing the shopping but some somebody substituted cumin for my cinnamon and those are not the same mm-hmm. just because they're the same color does not mean they do the same thing See, um, send me a text and says do you have some unavailable um items please look at the substitutions and accept or decline them yes i do that so i mean i find that to be convenient and to be quite honest it it came in really handy during the pandemic and and i've relied on it since then because in spring and fall i can literally sit in the tractor and order my groceries and you know not have to spend an hour at the grocery store did you take your tractor to the grocery store to pick it up I did not, but that's been cool. I tell you, do I have learned a couple of things that I usually end up taking my work truck, and um, only once have I the guy putting the groceries in the car got shocked by my hot shot. <laughs> uh, that was a little eye opener. Reminded myself from now on put the hot shot somewhere else, and um, yeah, and spray for breeze. I always have to spray for breeze before the guy <laughs> opens the door. Well, so okay, so that was my main article I wanted to bring up this week was, if anyone wants it again, it's an article on CoBank by Brian Ernest, called Consumers Take on Higher Prices in a Meat Case, meat case This Summer. I highly recommend going through and reading it, forming your own facts and opinions about it, and let us know what you think. So is there anything else you guys wanted to bring to the table this week? Just- no, but I really like this. <laughs> I was just going to say be patient safe out there as you get into the fields and those that are driving around those on the roadways. Yeah, be safe. Yeah, be very safe. And we are going to get in the field eventually. 
Um, but I think it's really important. And I have to tell Chris this all the time. Like when we get there, it doesn't help to go any faster and be more haphazardly because you're trying to be in a hurry because we're late. You still have to take your time and you still have to do it right. And, mm -hmm. and not just do it right, but do it safely because you're only making more work for yourself and others if something goes wrong. And you should always listen to your agronomist, right, Trent? I see you listening there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, who tuned in live today. Uh, this is new for the Girls Talk Ag Group. Um, I said about a couple of weeks ago, I said, what do you guys think about doing this live on Twitter? And they're like, sure, let's do it. And this was uh, this only happened because all my flights today were on time, luckily, and I got to my hotel in time here in Washington, D.C. So I'm not in Illinois today. I'm in D.C. We'll be here through the weekend and heading back next week. But what are you doing? Oh, what yeah. You what am I doing? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go run for president. No, I'm just <gasps> Yay! No, heck no. Um, I'm here for leadership NAFB. If anyone's familiar with NAFB, it's the National Association of Farm Broadcasters. They have a leadership seminar this weekend and then farm broadcasters from across the country will be here for washington watch next week where they'll do they'll do reports from here washington dc they'll be talking to legislators talking about policy all that good stuff so they convene here in washington dc so i'm excited to be here our kelsey is so important oh. hey i this i haven't been to washington dc since probably eighth grade so this is fun definitely take some time to see so, some stuff yeah so um, if you're listening to this on the replay, um, the recorded version, please join us live next time here on Girls Talk Ag. And we look forward to hearing your comments. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. See you later.